This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. If you would turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, where you can hold your, your place there because we're going to get there. But it's Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Um, but we're going to start uh, in Matthew. So put your finger in Luke chapter 10. But our first verse is going to be Matthew chapter 20, uh, verses 25 through 28. And I'm going to turn there with you. And I think I only gave them verse 28, so (laughs) just I'm going to jump back a couple verses. Um, Matthew 20. Sorry, guys. My little Bible. Okay, here we go. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Um, The first point I want to share with you is that serving is an expression of my love for God. I don't serve because my husband is a pastor, um, my parents pastor. I don't serve because um, I feel an obligation to serve. I serve because I love God. I love Jesus. So any opportunity I have to get into the presence of God, get into the house of God, I'm going to grab a hold of it. I'm going to be like, yes, I will be there. Um, Yes, I want to be there. Uh, And it's not always like that. Yes, our emotions play, and my husband would know that there are times where I'm just like, do we have to go and do that, like, right now? And he's like, yes, woman of God, let's go. Doesn't that sound like my husband? Yes. Does sound like him, doesn't it? But really, um, serving is an expression of my love for God. And this really asks the question, um, why do I serve? And I think that's a question that all of us as believers need to ask ourselves. Why do I serve? Why do I do this? Why do I get up every Sunday morning, early in the morning, to be here at church. And what's so cool is even this morning, she didn't know I was going to use her as an example because I didn't know it either, but Jen, this is Jen in the front row in the polka dots, um, she was talking about um, the joy of serving, the joy of being in the house of the Lord, and how she loves coming to the house of the Lord. She loves coming to church. She loves being here. She loves being in the presence of God. And I was like, I wish all of us were like that. Because, you know, it doesn't always feel like that when it's, especially on a Sunday like today where we lost an hour and we got up at like five something and so it was really four something and I was like, what in the world is going on? Why do I feel like my body is lead and I'm just dragging myself to the bathroom? But we do it for the joy of serving the Lord, being in the presence of God. And one of the things that... um, in terms of making it personal, think about your own personal lives and and the things you do for the people you love. 
in my house, that's everything. No, I'm just kidding. In my house, um, one of the specific things that I find challenging is cooking. And I just don't like to cook. I just don't, I love food. I just don't like to cook it. And um, thank, I'm so thankful for my husband because he's so patient with me. He's so understanding of his wife's deficiencies. But um, I cook because I love my family. And that really is the only reason I cook. I love my family. I don't want my kids to starve. I don't want my husband to starve. I don't want anybody in my house, and everyone knows we have a lot of people in our house. I don't want anybody to starve. So what, what does that mean? I sacrifice me for the sake of them. And that's just on a personal level. So how much more so for a God, Jesus, who didn't come to be served, but to serve, to give his life a ransom for many. The Amplified continues and says, paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. Think about what Jesus did for you, what he did for me. The ultimate sacrifice. He didn't come here. He left heaven, son of God, left heaven to come to earth, become human, so that I could live ransomed himself he basically gave up himself died so that I could live how much more so should I be even just thankful to be in the house of God where I get to experience the presence of God and serve him and we're going to get to this there's a scripture that talks about um, doing all things as unto the Lord I don't come here and serve um, for me. I do it, like I said, because I love Jesus. And I hope that in my service, in how I serve every Sunday morning, that you see how much I love God and that you experience the love of God through me. Because if I'm coming every Sunday and you're not seeing that, like you come to church and you're like, mm, it's one of those Sundays, let's not go say hi to her. <laughs> I should be in the house of God, I should be attracting people because of the love of God that's flowing through me. Amen? It's cool, though, because the kingdom of God is opposite to the world. So he talks about that in verse 25. He's like, um, people will, there's some people who will lord it over you. If they're in authority over you, they just take advantage of that authority, and they don't treat you right. But in the kingdom of God, if you want to be great, it says you need to be a servant. In the kingdom of God, it says if you want to be first, you need to be a slave. And I was like, mm, that wording is pretty deep. Servant is defined as a person employed by another, a person in the service of another. Service defined as an act of helpful activity help, aid. So what this means is we're sacrificing ourselves. We're literally, when we serve, we're putting ourselves under the needs of someone else. We're basically saying, it's not about me. Um, I'm here to serve you. When you walk through those doors, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to love on you. 
I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to encourage you, even in those moments that are hard for me. Because what, what you find when you serve and when you love on others in spite of and despite your pain, you discover how much love for people grows. You discover how it's bigger than me. When you see the impact of um, serving and loving others, when you see how their lives changed because you took a moment to put your emotions and stuff on the back seat because you're in service, you're a servant, a person in service of another. Because you become a servant to another person, they are then open to see the love of God in you. It opens that door because then they see and experience his love. It's not just words coming out of our mouths. It's lifestyle. Serving is a lifestyle for a believer. It's not, it's not just a one-day thing. It's not a Sunday thing. <laughs> this is, this is a, a lifestyle. When you think of Jesus, he came here. He lived his life serving others. And that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? Um, I'm going to jump into point number two, and we'll close um, out this area here when it comes to serving as an expression of, of my love for God. It's not about accolades. It's really a heart condition. And Luke 10, 38. Let's jump over there really fast. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Luke 10, 38. This is about Mary and Martha. So many of you know this story. Um, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were close friends of Jesus. And uh, Jesus just happened to be going by and Martha invited him into her house. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. So, I sympathize with Martha because you know sometimes we've all experienced this where you're the person who's doing all the work and you see other people who seem to be lounging <laughs> and you're like what is going on this is not a solo mission this is like a team effort why am I doing this by myself and I, I feel like poor Martha gets a bad rap because um, it seems like and what appears it is like in this is that Jesus is telling her that Mary um, is right and Martha is wrong. But when you read this again, Jesus doesn't actually say that Martha is wrong. What he says to her is, listen, this isn't about who's doing what. It's really about, like, look at your heart for a second, Martha. Why are you even looking at Mary wondering what she's not doing and not being more concerned about what you should be doing? You know what I mean? 
Martha's, I believe her heart was in the right place. She was doing, she was gifted in that. Like she was gifted in, in setting a, a home, like setting that environment, hospitality. That was her gift. And Jesus wasn't knocking her gift. He's like, yeah, that's cool. But remember that in the midst of serving, you don't get to lose sight of what's most important. Serving is important. What you do is important, but doing is not serving. Just because you're doing doesn't mean that you're actually serving because serving is a heart condition. It's not just actions, it's your heart. You can do, 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 and miss the important thing. When we come in here on a Sunday, like you can use the ushers as an example, they're ushering all through worship. But even in that, they can still experience the presence of God while they're loving on others. You know what I mean? Doing is not serving. And as you grow, like point two, sorry, let me give you point two. A maturing believer serves. As you mature in your walk with the Lord, as you grow in, in your walk with the Lord, you just start to learn about, um, and I don't even like to use the word balance because balance is not a great word. It's really integration. Because I want um, my kids to know that we serve in the house of the Lord and you're going to come with us. <laughs> you're along for this journey. This isn't, I don't just do this. I want you to know that I love Jesus, and this is why we do what we do. We integrate what we're doing, how we're serving, into experiencing the presence of God. So it's an integration. It's not like burnout. Like if you're doing, 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 that's how you experience burnout, because you're forgetting the most important thing. When you serve, it's an expression of love, but you're getting it and you're giving it. And if all you're doing, you're not positioning yourself to receive as well as give, all you're doing is giving, 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 doing, 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 you miss the point of I'm doing this as unto the Lord. So in this is my worship. In this, I hope he, I pray that this is like a sweet fragrance to him. Every envelope I hand out, I do it with a smile because I want the person getting the envelope to know, I love you. Here's your envelope. Give as much as you want today. The people who are taking care of our kids in kids' church, God bless them. Um, they do it with such joy. I don't know if any of you have ever dropped off your kids and you saw one of the, the kids' church workers like with stank face. I've never seen them with stank face. They've always been very warm and welcoming and like, bring your kids in. And, and it's such a reassuring thing, but they're doing that because they love God. And that's an expression of their love. Um, when I was a kid, I, um, I served in many different ministries growing up. And a maturing believer serves. So what happens when you first come to know Jesus? A lot of times you dive in and you just serve everywhere. You're like, you need me here? 
I'll do it. You need me here, I'll do it. You need me here, I'll do it. A maturing believer, you get to a place where you recognize, as you continue to attend, you recognize, here's where God has gifted me. And what serving is supposed to do, it should marry your giftings to the need in the church body. So it's not a matter of, I'm just going to fill a slot. Sometimes it is, because there are seasons of that. But it's as you grow in the Lord, you start to recognize, okay, this is something I'm really good at. And I can do this well, and serve the Lord well, and serve my church family well. I started out in kids' church. As you can see, I no longer serve in kids' church. That was not my gifting. I think there are things that you can do when you're younger that you just, sometimes it's just like, what was I thinking? I started in kids' church, discovered that wasn't a great fit for me or for the kids. So um, I transitioned out of there. I served in, and I'm not advocating bouncing from ministry to ministry, but this is part of growing as a believer. So I got plugged in there, and I was like, okay, that's not going to work. Um, I started uh, serving in youth ministry and discovered that wasn't going to work. I, j- I love youth. God bless them. But that just was not my ministry. <laughs> and I did it and was faithful in it for the season that I was there. Um, I served on the worship team for a while, served on the prayer team for a while. And then you start to learn okay, I'm not so bad at that. Okay, I can get planted here and I can bring life to the team. I can bring life to the body. It's a maturing process. And as you grow and mature, you learn how to navigate. You learn how to serve effectively. It's not just about being somewhere and doing something. It's about being in the right place for the right time with the grace of God. Because when you are planted in the right place, you flourish. You flourish, the team flourishes, the body flourishes. Because every one of us has been given gifts. And sometimes when you're first, you're new to the faith, it takes you a while to kind of figure things out. You're like, oh, I'm kind of good at this, but let me try it. And it's okay to say, no, I think maybe this is a better fit for me. It's okay to grow and to learn and to develop and to integrate your life with serving. It should never, we should never come to a place where we just can't serve anymore because it's just too much. It means that there wasn't proper integration. It means that there wasn't this... um, I don't like to use the word balance. There wasn't this place that you've come to where it's like, Lord, I'm doing this as unto you, and I understand the ebbs and flows of life. There are busy times, and then there are times where you can kind of work it out. There are busy times where you got to recognize as you grow that um, not every season should be busy. If you're in the same season for like a year or two and it's not letting up, then there's something that needs to be reevaluated. As you mature and grow, you start to be able to, to know when you need to pull back a little, know when you need to step in more, to know, and it's not just a feeling. 
It's as you're walking with the Lord, as you're growing with the Lord, as you submit to your leaders, you start to learn about things. You start to learn, okay, this is how I serve this way. Our lives should be an example of how it's done well. I don't know any time of my life where I was not serving in the house of the Lord, and not because my parents made me. I actually wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to be there. I wanted to serve. It might be in different departments doing different things. I actually worked the soundboard once, too. Um, but yeah, I'm not there now, as you can see. Um, but it was a personal decision because I wanted to be in the house of the Lord. My desire to be in his presence was greater than my personal desire sometimes to be by myself. Because as my husband likes to joke, I'm an introvert. Like, as much as people might not know it, I like to be at home <laughs> in my bed <laughs> reading a good book. <laughs> this whole thing is totally the Lord. Like, it's totally Jesus. Um, but I had to come to a place where I learned I can press in more here. And the Lord will give you the capacity to take what you need to take in certain seasons. I think about even when we had kids, and um, before that, we were involved in everything, everything. And then we had kids. And um, <laughs> and it just adjusted life just a little bit. We can't come to your birthday party that starts at eight o'clock at night. Our kids go to bed at like 7.30. So happy birthday, we love you, but we won't be there. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like it adjusts certain things when there are church events sometimes on a Saturday and I have to choose between lots of stuff and this event, yes. When it becomes a priority, when you know that this is where you're planted, this is what you're doing, sometimes there are those tough decisions, but it becomes part of life. Serving has never been like this extra thing that I do. It's in my calendar. Like, it's integrated into my life. And that's what a maturing believer does. It becomes a priority because just as much as you love your own home, as believers, we love the house of God. So if you're a maturing believer and this is my house, this is my family, I'm gonna make it a priority to be there as much as I can. And I'm not talking about neglect to your family, I'm talking about integration, where family becomes, serving becomes part of my life. This is who I am, this is who we are, and this is how we do it. You won't ever find a time where we're just like, no, we're just not gonna, we're just not gonna be there just because we just don't wanna be there. Well, maybe for me sometimes, my husband's still working on me, but uh, it's a heart condition, amen? And, and I like Martha, I like her because I feel like she was, she, was, she was straight up, she told Jesus, she was like, tell her to help me, Jesus. And Jesus was like, I love you, Martha, but this will not be taken away from her. When you're doing, 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 you start to become accusatory. You look at what other people are not doing in light of what you're doing. And that is the wrong heart in serving. And that's what Jesus was trying to tell her. Yes, maybe she could be helping you, but in this moment, she chose the most important thing. 
and it won't be taken away from her. Serve and receive, and that will enable you to give. Amen? Um, number three, serving is a spiritual weapon. Ooh. <laughs> um, my husband helped me with this point because there are so many um, negative things that people like to talk about when it comes to serving. Like, oh, they just take up your time. You say you're going to do it. Next thing you know, you're doing it every week. And, and sometimes it's a need that's being filled. And sometimes it, yes, we can all work on, on doing things better. We're growing. We're all learning. We're all developing. No church is perfect. No environment is perfect. And I think as we're growing and developing, we have to remember that there are ebbs and flows in life. So there are ebbs and flows in church life. It's the same thing. It's not going to be different just because you're in church. Church is full of people who live in the real life. You know what I mean? We're just here as a body, imperfect people building God's perfect church. So we got to give each other some room to grow. But serving is a spiritual weapon. And the reason I say that is because there are certain specific things that will prevent you from serving. Specific things. And they are so um, contrary to the heart of God, so um, damaging to your spiritual walk and growth that um, we have to press through those things, recognize them, and step over them and be like, no, I'm not going to subject myself to this. So one of those things, things that prevent you from serving, selfishness, two, misplaced identity, and three, pride. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. When you're selfish, it makes it all about you. And serving is laying your life down for somebody else. So if all you can think about when it's time to serve or you've been invited to serve is, oh, all of you can think about is all about you. Let the Lord do some stuff in your heart. Because we have to remember, as believers, we lay, we lay our lives down for this gospel. I will do whatever it takes to have somebody experience the love of God. I will get here early on a Sunday where we lost an hour's sleep. And I will still try and smile at people as they walk through those doors and be like, Jesus loves you. I'm tired, but Jesus loves you. Misplaced identity. The reason this is um, something that will prevent you from serving is it prevents you from seeing your importance in the big picture. Misplaced identity. If you know who you are in Christ, you know that you have a place in the house of God. A lot of times we don't serve because you think, oh, well, they have it together. They don't need me. Or what could I bring there really? I'm not really that good. I kind of can sing, but they look like they have it together. I kind of um, am good at computer stuff, but they don't look like they want any help anyway. I'm not good enough to do that. The devil is a liar. Who are you? In Christ. Once you become a believer, you are a child of God. 
You are a part of this family. So there is always a place for you. Always. Always a place for you. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that I just don't belong. Like, there's nowhere for me to go. Like, they're not going to appreciate my gifts. They don't need me. They have it together. That is a lie from the devil. Don't let that prevent you from finding your place. We all have a place in the house of God. We all have a role to play in the kingdom of God. You have something to give in this house. You have something to pour out to somebody. You have somewhere to serve. There is a place for you. And when you understand who you are, it makes you even more want to find a place. You start to seek out, well, where can I fit? I'm good at this, so let me see if they need any help here. You start to find those places because you recognize that who you are in Christ isn't just for you getting better, it's for others getting better, and it's for lifting up the body of Christ. Your part is important. Your role is important. You like to pray, but you feel like you want to pray, but you're scared about praying in front of people. You can still talk to the prayer team. They still pray. They don't all have to pray on stage, but there's always people up here who need prayer. If you like to pray, talk to Jen. She's our prayer team lead. She'll get you plugged in. Don't be afraid and don't let fear prevent you from stepping into who God has called you to be and what your part is to play in this house of God. Amen? And then pride. Pride blinds you from seeing yourself in others. None of us are better than anybody else in this place. <laughs> Nobody. God created us all equal. All of us. Pride, what it does, it isolates you. It keeps you in this place where um, I can't relate to them. They don't know. They don't, they don't really know what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to do it. I'm, number one, it can be I'm better than them type mentality, or it can be um, um, I'm not good enough. And how that works is, in terms of pride, it means that you're not recognizing, again, it's like a misplaced identity. You're not recognizing who you are in Christ. Your own built-up strongholds in your mind prevent you from being who God has called you to be. It prevents you from loving people the way God wants you to love people. The opposite of pride is humility, to be humble. The Bible says that God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. So when you can look at your brother and sister and see yourself in them, it breeds compassion, and compassion will move you to action. Because that's what Jesus did. Like in that, in that scripture, um, I'm going to get ready to close with this, Colossians 3.23. Um, it reads, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul, that is, put, that is put your best effort as something done for the Lord, not for men. And that's the Amplified. Um, what it does is, it prevents you from allowing people to experience 
what God has really done for them. Pride will destroy you. It will literally destroy you. Because it, it doesn't allow you to grow, it doesn't allow you to learn, it doesn't allow you to see clearly. Because you will then judge, you will see people through a certain filter, you'll see people um, the way God never intended us to see people. And this is why it's so important um, that we watch what we take in. You can't let other people determine how you view people. We view people through the filter of the word of God period. Don't let pride prevent you from seeing yourself in someone else. Because there's a little bit of all of us in everybody. You might not struggle with addiction, but you struggle with something. Just because your struggle isn't worn on your sleeve doesn't mean you don't struggle with something. And it says just in that scripture, too, where Jesus was talking to the disciples and um, he was saying, you need to be a servant. To be the greatest, it means you have to become a servant. Just after that, they were walking to go somewhere. And um, the two blind men were calling out to Jesus. And the disciples, I don't know, sometimes the disciples, I'm like, did you not just hear what Jesus said? And this is right after this conversation. Um, they're like telling the blind guy, be quiet, be quiet. This is Jesus. And Jesus is just telling, telling them that you need to be a servant. Like, and they're like, be quiet, be quiet. And Jesus, Jesus was like, bring them to me. He asks them, what is it you want me to do for you? And they said, we want to be able to see. Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus moved with compassion, healed them. That is humility at its greatest. This is Jesus, the Son of God, came from heaven to earth to serve. And in everything he did, he was moved with compassion. After the Bible says he was moved, most of the time when it says he was moved com with compassion, he healed somebody. That is pretty much Jesus's MO. You need something? I'm here to serve you. What's your need? Maybe I can fill it. As believers, as believers, remember that serving is a spiritual weapon because when you humble yourself and you're able to meet the need of someone in that moment, that is an open door for God to do whatever he wants to do. You've then just positioned yourself to be used as a vessel for God. Because when you can approach someone and see someone and see who they are, who God created them to be, and love them just like that, love them, there's that moment. Because most people want to feel like you're looking at them like, we're the same. I'm not better than you. I was a sinner too. But Jesus set me free. He saved me. And I have something to give you. It's free. And you just have to be who you are. And Jesus, the Jesus in you, will meet that need. How often 
can we step outside of, who, of what we're comfortable with to meet the needs of somebody else? You might be their walking miracle. Are you going to let Jesus use your hands to serve humanity, a lost humanity, who, who's looking for something? They're looking for something, and you have it. But will you let the pride of life, the things of life, prevent you from really seeing somebody? Don't, don't let that be your story. I'm speaking to, to Christians, to the believers. Don't let that be your story. Be known for how you serve in love. Be known. Let someone speak of you and say, no, this person loved me unconditionally. This person, don't let anyone say something negative about you and someone not be able to say, no, that's not true. I know this person. That is not them. Let your character and your actions be the love of God so people can see that you don't just um, claim you're a Christian. You live like a Christ follower. And if we are Christ followers, we will do like Jesus did. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He paid the ultimate sacrifice and died. He humbled himself as much as he could possibly humble himself. He became the creation. Like, God created man, and he left heaven and became the very thing that he created. Like, when you think about that, that's crazy. He's a king in his own right, and he came down here to experience life and death, hunger, pain, hurt. This is what Jesus did. And if he can lay down his life, if he can say, I am going to lay down my life and serve humanity so that all of them can experience heaven. And we say that we are followers of Christ. How much more so should we be more like him? and lay down our lives for the gospel. Lay down our lives in the house of God. I serve because I love God. As I continue to mature in my walk with the Lord, I pray that I never stop serving. I pray that my heart stays right even in serving, because it can be a challenge sometimes, especially when you're dealing with challenging people, but you'll never get away from challenging people. In church or work or wherever you go, there will always be challenging people. The difference here is that those challenges can be met head on with the love of God, and you have a choice to make. So stand with me as we get ready to close. Um, um, I want to encourage you, some of you may already be serving, and yes, I'm specifically right now going to talk about serving in this house, but serving extends beyond just the house of God. 
It's really a, a lifestyle and a mentality, a perspective. But in this house, if you're not serving, I really want you to leave today and think about um, what that means. Why don't you? This isn't a call to be like, everyone must serve and you have to sign up as soon as you walk out. No, this is more of a, think about this. Let God talk to you about some things. Because if you love him, that should jolt you into some sort of action, into something, something. We have a lot of opportunities for you to serve. We have Easter coming up, so hey, you want to get your feet wet? There is the perfect opportunity to do that. But we're just going to take a moment and pray. If you'd bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.